Man, man, man. man. I've been waiting two years to do this right here. All right, all right. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Oh, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Y'all can do better than that. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Yes. Oh, man. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Rolando. How many are grateful for this brother, Rolando? Yeah. I, I got to be, I got to, can I bust you out a little bit? Okay, so uh, Rolando, I don't know if you know, but Rolando's a, a graduate of Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge. And uh, amen. And so uh, Rolando, when he was applying for Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge, we would run into each other and he'd be like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I'm smart enough. He applied for the uh, scholarship and uh, he was like, man, I'm, I'm going to apply for it, but I don't know. If, I, if I'm going to get it in the self-doubt and the lies and the fears and the anxiety and the worry, try to seep in and try to lie to him and convince him that he, was, uh, he wasn't qualified, right? But how many know that God qualifies the call? And so Rolando has been called since the beginning of time and so just had to move some things out of the way. Uh, but once he got those things out of the way, it's so cool to see fruition of God's plan for his life come to pass. I also have my brother here who's uh, currently, can I bust you out, bro? All right. Uh, my brother also who is currently in uh, the long-term Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge program uh, and is prepared to graduate this month. Can we give it up for my brother? I'm so proud of him, and uh, it's just so cool to see God moving. So it is wonderful to be back here. If you need a shot of the Holy Spirit, I would encourage anybody to come to a North Central University chapel. I don't know. I mean, there are a few places in the Twin Cities where the Holy Spirit is moving in the way that he is moving here at North Central University. Um, I saw recently a post by President Hagan, and since moving down to Rochester, I can't stop by North Central like I, like I want to, uh, but I saw this picture, and, it, and, and, the, and the altar was full, and hands were up, and there is a move of God that is going on, so powerful, not just at North Central, not just in the state of Minnesota or in the United States, but I believe God is doing something incredible. And how many know as the world gets darker, we become a lot lighter, right? And so I believe that God is preparing us, which makes me incredibly excited to be here this morning with this new generation and what God is doing in your life and what he's called you to do. Um, so my name again is David Hunter, Center Director for Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge in Rochester. Originally, I was born and raised in North Minneapolis, uh, so this is my backyard. I'm used to this. I'm also a graduate of North Central University. Yeah. Amen. If you want to show the, if you want to show that picture, um, introduce you to my beautiful family. This is my family. Uh, that's my wife Melissa. That's my son, Isaiah, who is seven years old. He wants to be a Christian rapper, center director of Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge, an NFL player, and a pastor. So please pray for that, brother. God has a lot of plans for his life. 
That is my mighty warrior little girl, Sayla Grace, down there. Uh, who you will not see in the picture is our three-month-old daughter, Eliana Leanne. She is the cutest thing that I've ever met in my life. I've never thought I could eat a human being until I met this little girl. She is absolutely, I just want to eat her every time I get home and uh, kiss her up. And then also my 22-year-old son, uh, Taj, and I am so proud of him and what God is doing in his life as well. But friends, I got to be honest, life is good, but my life wasn't always this way. And so I want to share with you real quick a video that just kind of captures my story and uh, what, what God has done in my life and what he's brought me through, if we want to play that video. Thank you. 
talking about going into the divorce and what that's going to look like. And something in my heart turned where my prayer was no longer to change my wife's heart about getting divorced, but it was actually, I'm going to keep serving you anyway. I'm going to stay sober. I'm going to keep walking now. She said in that instant that she saw something different. Like, he is actually changing. We actually ended up walking out of that courtroom hand in hand. And it's never been the same since. That's when my dream began. So much so that I've been blessed to come back as a chaplain and help these men break the same cycle that tried to destroy me. When I look in the mirror now, I see a man of integrity. I see a man who is able to offer hope to other people. I see a man who my wife is proud of. I see a man who my kids are proud of. Amen. 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 Well, I tell you, it doesn't matter how many times I watch that video. I get choked up every time. God restored my life. He saved me. He radically transformed me. He brought my family back together. He gave me a hope. He gave me a future. He gave me a purpose. He gave me a plan. And I want to just pause right here because we know how overdoses and addiction are affecting uh, especially our young people. We have a young generation that right now is fighting for their lives. And so I want to let you know that at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, if you know anybody who's hurting, if you're struggling yourself behind closed doors, we're here to help. There are people who have been through what you're going through, have been through what a family member may be going through. We're the largest Christ-centered, faith-based treatment program, not just in the United States, but across the world. And so we're here to hope, uh, here to help, and hope is available. Uh, but I, I, the reason why I really shared that video wasn't to so much talk about my story as much as it was to, I want to capture something. I think, Josh, what you said earlier um, in a couple songs, it's, it's interesting how the Holy Spirit works. How many know that you were uniquely, specifically designed to be here at this very moment right now? Like God knew the seat that you were going to be sitting in. He knew the shoes you were going to wear. He knows what assignment that you're trying to take care of right now. He's got it all figured out while you're trying to figure out how you're going to figure it out. He's already figured it out. Amen. Amen. But uh, when I came to North Central after graduating Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge, um, I got to be honest, I was faced with, faced with uncertainty. I was faced with doubt, fear, um, and this incredible temptation of trying to figure out how I was going to fit in. This slippery slope of comparison would attempt to seep in, and I, I would wrestle with potentially maybe the more I could fit in the more effective I would be. 
Uh, you got to understand, being uh, a minority, right, and, and being black and white. When I was growing up back in the, never mind, but when I was growing up back in the day, um, yeah, in the 1900s, um, and I would be asked, are you, what are you? Are you black? Are you white? And I, would, and I would notice that people would try to fit me in a box. Let's see if we could put them in a box. So I had to learn to say, I am me. I'm the dude that can sit down and have collard greens and sauerkraut at the same table and munch out and love it. I had to embrace it. I came from a broken home, uh, criminal history, a former addict. My dad, our dad, left at the age of two. Uh, I didn't grow up in the church, and I was old enough to be some of y'all's daddy when I was walking through the hallways here. And maybe some of you can relate, but I was walking through the hallways wondering if I had made a mistake. And so my freshman year, I remember walking through the hallways, actually, over in Miller Hall with tears in my eyes, and I was on the second floor. And I walked into the former director of multicultural engagement and community outreach, Bill Green's uh, office. Um, and Brother Bill Green, and I remember walking in his office, and I sat down, and I said, man, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I fit in. I'm too old. My history's all jacked up. I'm black. I just don't know if this is for me. And I'll never forget this. He looked me in my eye with this soft look. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like this soft look. He just had this gentle demeanor. You feel like you could sit down and just talk with him for hours. And he looked at me in the face. And if you want to show that next slide, he said, um, he looked at me and he said, David, if you don't, who will? And these were the last words he said to me before he passed away. And I had to stand on that the rest of my time at, or at North Central. If I don't, who will? See, the enemy tried to play on my insecurities, not just here at North Central, but as a counselor, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a chaplain, and as a center director at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. The enemy is constantly trying to talk me out of the call of God on my life. But through it all, I had to resolve for myself that the very insecurities that the enemy wanted me to hide were the very things that God wanted to use to get his glory. And I had to embrace that. I had to embrace the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, when he says, each time God says, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can now work through me. I had to recognize that God didn't want a copied clone. So what is a clone? It's the process. I looked it up, and the general definition is the process of producing individual organisms with identical or virtually identical DNA, either by natural or artificial means. God didn't want a copied clone of me here at North Central, and he doesn't want a copied clone of you today. Amen? Amen. So today I want to share with you the reality. And the reality is this, that there is nobody but you to do what God has called you to do. I'm going to say that again. There is nobody but you to do what God has called you to do. Now, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about the fact that in the span of human history, 
There will never be, there never has been, nor will there ever be another you. Ever in existence. Not the same hair, not the same eyes. You may even have an identical, identical twin. But how many know identical twins can be completely different? You are uniquely, purposely designed by God and throughout history. There will never be another you. One thing I had to resolve for myself is that I, David, was never meant to be Saul. And so when we look at 1 Samuel 17, we see the Israelite army. I would love to see this in real life. Like these brothers are absolutely petrified. They're looking at the Philistine army across the way, and they're like, man, I don't know. You go fight them. I'm not fighting them. You fight them. Even the king was petrified, and he didn't know what he was going to do. And so here comes this young boy, David. Remember, he wasn't, he wasn't picked. He was the last to be picked. He, he was deemed inadequate. He was a young man who was counted out. He was compared. He was the least likely to succeed. And so much so that when he stepped up and he said, I will go fight this Goliath guy, they said, here, put on the king's armor. Put on the king's armor. And see, what David had to realize was that he was never meant to wear the king's armor in the first place. As everyone was scared, you got to remember that David had prepared. One thing that jacks me up about this is while they were training against each other, David was off by himself training against beasts and things that would prepare him for this day. Not only that, but David had the right perspective. He didn't go fight for his own glory, but his glory. He didn't fight for his glory. Hey, he didn't fight for his glory. He fought for his glory. Amen? Amen. And he was so secure in who he was that even where most people would be flattered by the fact that the king gave over his, his armor for him to wear, he says in verse 39, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. And he would have been completely ineffective had he stepped out in the king's armor and tried to do what he was called to do, wearing something he was never supposed to wear in the first place. And I know time is short, so real quick, I want to leave you with a couple points. But friends, too many times we try to look like somebody of this world instead of looking like somebody who's not of this world. Amen? Amen. The world doesn't need to see a carbon copy of somebody who looks like somebody else of this world. They need to see somebody who looks completely different and who bears the image of God. That's why I get so excited about what God is doing here. Amen? So three takeaways before we get out of here. Number one, there will never be another you. There may be people, friends, on your journey who will try to convince you to get you to wear their armor. But you were never designed to wear their armor in the first place. Don't confuse the convenience of man with the call of God. I'm going to say that again. Don't confuse the convenience of man with the call of God. And remember that God's plan has been tailor-made just for you, and only you can fit it. Number two, remember the enemy's a defeated foe. Somebody say amen. He's a defeated foe. So God will often present opportunities that appear as problems based on our perception. David had the right perception at the right time. So while everyone else was petrified, 
David saw the problem, Goliath, as an opportunity. He recognized it was a chance to show off, show off God and get the glory in what looked like an impossible situation. Some of you may be facing impossible situations right now. And you're like, God, remove this impossible situation from me. And he's like, no, I put that impossible situation there on purpose so I could show off and get the glory. Remember, God will often put Goliaths in your way so you can take them down. That Goliath wasn't meant to stay there. He was placed there on purpose so you can knock him out. God loves to show off in impossible situations. And last but not least, uniqueness is not weakness. 1 Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You were chosen specifically to be here at this time and this moment and this place. That's why I wanted to put that picture up there. I just, I can't get over this picture and what God is doing in this place. He is raising up an army of young people to push back the darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been called by God on purpose to kick the enemy's butt. Forgive me, but to kick the enemy's butt. We say, oh, I don't know, I don't know what's going on in the world today. It's getting so bad. Do you know it's a perfect setup? For you to show off the Holy Spirit that resides in you to go show off and say, all right, enemy, watch this. The world says it's getting darker, but let me bring the light. So this morning, friends, I want to encourage you. The insecurities that you might be facing, the things that you might be going through, the way you were raised, your your so-called weaknesses, these are exactly the things that God wants to use to get glory out of. And so I feel compelled this morning, if we could just pray, oh yeah, are we all right with that? If we could just pray, and if you're wrestling, I'm going to ask that if, you could, if you're wrestling with a comparison, maybe you're wrestling with whether or not you should be here. What is the call of God on my life? God, I know you brought me here, but I don't really know if I'm supposed to be here. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask that you come to the altar. And we want to pray over you. We want to bless you. I come from Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge, so I make an altar call like that, and they come running up to the altar. Don't let the enemy keep you in your seat this morning. God has you here specifically on purpose for a reason. Friends, it doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter what you're facing. God wants to use all of it to show off. So if we could just begin to pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Father God, I thank you for redemption. I thank you for your grace. Lord Jesus, I just want to lift up the brothers and the sisters in this room and ask that you would move on their hearts, that they would have a come to Jesus moment. And recognize, Father, that you have brought them here on purpose. There is a reason why they're in this seat right now. God, you are doing something special. I thank you for what you're doing in Asbury, Kentucky. That there is revival breaking out. All over this country, there is revival breaking out. 
Father, I ask that if there is anybody in this place who is comparing themselves, who feels unfit for the call that you've placed on their life, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would move on their hearts, Lord. Give them boldness. Give them courage. Erase fear. Erase doubt. Erase anxiety. Erase worry. And build up this new generation of warriors, of men and women to push back the darkness in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that if we had 10,000 tongues for 10,000 years, it wouldn't be enough. We praise you. We love you. We thank you. I thank you for what you've done in my own life, Lord. I can't thank you enough for the redemption of my own family, for the story, the testimony that you've given in my own life, Lord. So I ask God, I thank you, God. I ask you that you just move in their lives right now, Father. This is our heart's cry. Holy Spirit, if we don't have you, what's the point? What are we doing? So help us to get out of your way and see what you see and hear what you hear. Jesus, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Let's worship.